Yeah. I mean, I am also just, you know, sort of, I love checking stuff out and researching stuff. So to me, it's almost like a problem solver, you know, like I want to help that person figure out how to feel good, how to feel better. So it's uh, a little bit of fulfills that passion in me too. That's like, how can I figure this out? How can I do this? What can I do to do something different for this woman who's struggling with whatever, you know, chronic health problems that they're having? So it's a new business. I started it a couple months ago. COVID kind of got me off of my chair to decide it's time to do what I needed to do. I knew I needed to do it. I just needed to have a reason to say now's the time. So that's what I did. Perfect. COVID allowed us to be able to look more internally. Think about what is this life that I want look like? And how can I stand out more and truly live into my passion, into my mission? And for you, you know that answer already. It's just a matter of taking that first step. And that's so encouraging, really, for anybody out there. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued and said, heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm on the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hello, everyone. Nice for you to join me for another episode of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. This is your host, Sabrina. And today we have the honor of having Dr. Jennifer Rollins here with us. I'm so excited to have her joining me. We met through social media, of course. (laughs) And also she joined my virtual summit for healthcare empowerment back in July when we hosted that. And you guys been listening in, you have heard some of the episodes published in the prior shows and go for to check those out. And they're so valuable. We had 21 experts putting together. How do you feel powerful, passionate? (laughs) Before further ado, Dr. Jennifer Rowans is a OBGYN specialist in private practice. And she is the founder of Well Women MD, an online business dedicated to providing science-backed holistic solutions to women's health problems. And she will be sharing with us her journey, her life, and, you know, having four kids and balancing that and how to have that special gluten-free diet. So I'm so excited for having you joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I know I can't tell all the goodness about you, but I want you to share with our audience Where did it all begin? How did it start with the passion in OBGYN and now start to pivot into having an online business for women's health? Sure. Yeah, I actually um, was raised in a really big Italian family. And so we had huge events and huge family get-togethers when I was young. And as I sort of grew up, I realized I wanted to go to college and likely wanted to 
to do something in science because that was something that really I was drawn to. But my family was, wasn't a very big proponent of women going to college, actually. My mother had never gone to college. My father had never gone to college. Nobody in my family had gone to college. So when I was in high school and I made the decision to go to college, it was very difficult because I had no support. You know, parents in my family said, well, if you'd like to do it, you're going to have to figure out how to do it yourself. And having nobody in my family who had gone to college, I really didn't know how to fill out applications or how that process went about. And I just, this was pre-internet where you could just look everything. (laughs) I'm not that old, but old enough that it was, you can't just access it quickly on your phone. So I just put hard work in and I decided I'm going to do this. And you know, the worst that could happen, I'll just drop out and I'll do something else with my life. But I really want to see where this could take me. So I ended up graduating from high school and only had my mom and my sister at my graduation because no one was supportive at the time of me going to school. And then I went on to college and majored in physiology. And I didn't still know what to do because, you know, I said, okay, I did the college thing. Now what do I do? And I went to Central America and was a lab rat. So I spent a year traveling in Central America and was funded by UC Berkeley and UC Santa Barbara. And I basically was an assistant in there and got to see the world, got to do some cool science projects and figure out what ecology was about. And that's what I thought maybe that's what I wanted to do. And about six or eight months into it, I decided, you know, I really like helping people. Like I like to be with people. I like to serve people. So I got to do something a little bit more on that level. So I applied to medical school. I actually applied to the Peace Corps and medical school and I I got into both and I was like, well, you know, I'll go to medical school. And if this is something I can't do, then again, same thing. I had the same, you know, mindset, like I'll just pivot and go somewhere else. But ultimately I ended up sticking through it and found a passion for women's health. I enjoy working with women. I enjoy serving women. I like, you know, it's just such a cool job in that from beginning to end, like you're involved intimately in someone's life. Like you get to be there when they are younger before they have their kids, then they have their children and you're part of that cool experience. And then, you know, later on you're taking care of them after they're done with their children. So I just found it to be such a, and I still do found it to be such a cool job that you can just basically be a part of something for a very long time and and see their kids grow up and see them kind of develop into different human beings as time goes on. And I'm still actually, my sister ended up graduating from college and my mom ended up going to college, which was kind of interesting to go to college with my mom at the same time. We went in algebra together, which was kind of, <laughs> kind of interesting. And she ended up going, my sister ended up going and we're still the only ones. And I have 29 cousins who have ever gone to college. So it was kind of a path that I paved in my family. And now I hope the younger generation will kind of take it as it's okay to go ahead and do that and just follow your passion no matter what. So that's kind of ended up in OBGYN. That's amazing to think about. There are so many naysayers out there. We can't even prevent that. Doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if it's the closest to you or (laughs) the people who are far away removed who barely know you and thinking about, oh, I think you need help. Let me just share my unsolicited advice when you don't need that. But when you know you're just someone like Dr. Jennifer, like super open. Hey, if I try this, if it doesn't work, I'll pivot. Why? Because we can be super resourceful. Nothing in life is that bad. We can always just pivot. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome to hear. And for everybody out there, yes, medicine is something we devote into. You kind of like figure this out, right? Like her, she loves helping. She likes serving. Research is great, but it does give us 
a different perspective in human being and seeing them progression into a disease getting healthy. Mm-hmm. You also have the option like her. Now she's pivoting to another new adventure in business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been in private practice for 12 years. And six years ago, I ended up having half my thyroid removed because I had a thyroid mass and ended up with Hashimoto's thyroiditis as well. And I did the typical traditional route. I was, I'm on Synthroid and you know, labs looked good. Everything looked good, but I just didn't feel right. And I knew it wasn't enough. Like I was always exhausted and I just, something wasn't right. So it made me really kind of force me into looking for other options. And so I went down the nutrition route and realized I have gluten intolerance. I can't have gluten. Ended up on um, taking some vitamins and supplements because a lot of times when you have gluten problems, you have bad digestion, bad absorption of micronutrients. So it kind of led me down to finding these other solutions. And so I've been doing that for six years and never really much thought about it. And then this last year, it kind of started to bother me that patients would, I would say the same thing to patients. Well, I don't really have another answer for you. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry that your periods are irregular or things are going not the way you hope they would be. And it kind of started nagging at my heart. Like, I remember them telling me that, you know, and I was like, I know something's wrong. And I feel like I got to help other women try to find maybe some other more holistic approaches that would help them feel better. And so that's kind of why I started uh, Well Women MD. That's so great. You saw a gap and you took charge and went for it. At the end of the day, that's all we can do. We can see who needs help and you have the resource because you had your own experience Mm -hmm. and might as well make something that's even more substantial than what you already have. Because at the end of the day, really, medicine is something it's so widespread that we can always bring in more novelty into our life and keep things moving. Because once we become such an expert into that one field, Mm -hmm. it's harder to feel like, where do I go? How do I grow in that specific niche? And then the next level is bringing in some new project or some other adventure into your life. And then we feel more exciting and fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, I am also just, you know, sort of, I love checking stuff out and researching stuff. So to me, it's almost like a problem solver, you know, like I want to help that person figure out how to feel good, how to feel better. So it's uh, a little bit of fulfills that passion in me too. That's like, how can I figure this out? How can I do this? What can I do to do something different for this woman who's struggling with whatever, you know, chronic health problems that they're having? So it's a new business. I started it a couple months ago. COVID kind of got me off of my chair to decide it's time to do what I needed to do. I knew I needed to do it. I just needed to have a reason to say now's the time. So that's what I did. Perfect. COVID allowed us to be able to look more internally. Think about what is this life that I want look like? And how can I stand out more and truly live into my passion, into my mission? And for you, you know that answer already. It's just a matter of taking that first step. And that's so encouraging, really, for anybody out there. You can do it. You just got to figure out what that looked like and have a clear direction and just run with it. Even though that very first step might not work out as what you Mm -hmm. liked, but at least you try, you know, it's not the step you need to take and take another step into another direction and see how it work out. And so great. So from your experience in the past few months, how do you feel like, how are you enjoying this new adventure in your life now? I love it. So my goal is to set up health coaching. 
So to help women on a one-on-one basis, to help them support what they're already doing on their journey to get better. So health coaching to me is about basically support, education, empowerment, try to help them on their journey and and make it more clear because I have resources and I have uh, the ability to find that information for them. So it's more like a guide, I guess. And so I've been setting up that program to do personal coaching and group coaching. And then the bigger thing, you know, it's been good for personal development because I'm a shy person and I never in my life have done a Facebook Live. And it was so nerve wracking. Like I almost wished I was back when we were in medical school where they had to to do board reviews and you stand up in front of people to do stuff because it was like, this is nerve wracking to get up in front of all these people that may be watching, but it's been so good for me to like get outside of my own comfort zone and say, you know what? I just got to do it. Like, it's okay. Like no one's going to say to me, like you should have worn different makeup or you should have done different things. They're just hopefully going to be happy that I got the guts to do it. So it's been really good for me personally, just to get outside and try to figure out how to do this and how to, you know, use what I have in a better way, basically. Yeah, for sure. Especially COVID. Many people don't really look at anybody as you have to be perfect. The hair needs to be perfect. The nail, the (laughs) the makeup. Sometimes I go live without anything on me because people are looking for the content, the way that you're speaking, the message that you're sharing. That's what they're looking for. And if someone actually looking at you and start criticizing and judging, they're not the right people for us anyway. They didn't come in the intention of actually heal themselves, they're coming just to be judgmental. So they're already in a negative state. Mm -hmm. That's the people actually need help, but they are not open to receive help. And that's okay. They're not the people that we wanted to be associated with. At the end of the day, it's the positivity, the people who are open Mm -hmm. to receive and without judging themselves for what you have or have not done. Because we needed to give ourselves the gratitude and the empathy of how much we already achieved. Yeah. Just like yep. you did. Like, hey, at least you got life. Now yeah. it's out there. Now you're <laughs> proud. Now people start telling you how good it was. And the more you do, the better it gets. Yeah. Well, thank God, because I have four kids. So I'm really glad that they don't judge me on whether or not I have makeup or my hair is brushed or anything. Because <laughs> sometimes it's a lot to get it all done. <laughs> That's the key is we don't have to consider what even the kids are thinking at a position where they can be the one who's so focused on their appearances because that's part of their identity. But our Mm -hmm. identity is our value, our knowledge and what's inside of you. If you don't share, it's at a disservice to those people who actually need what you got to share with them. And it's amazing that you're able to do that. So what do you think are some of the typical problems you have been helping women with? So hormonal imbalances, people who might have hormonal imbalances from thyroid problems like me or other autoimmune issues. And then I also recently have been helping someone who has fibromyalgia, which, you know, is pain in the joints. So it's kind of been mostly hormonal imbalances and women with autoimmune disorders that have, you know, taken the medications by their doctor. This, and this of course is not substitution for senior physician. I really, really like the partnership aspect of being, you know, having someone see their physician 
doing, taking the medications they should appropriately. And then this is helping them find other resources to help make them whatever their symptoms they're going through. A lot of people with autoimmune issues have fatigue, you know, for thyroid specifically, they have their hair falling out or they have bad constipation, digestion issues. And so it seems to be a fairly common problem among women with autoimmune issues. So for me, it's helping them, you know, see food as medicine because that's what helped me to realize that food can be medicine. Like we just need to clean up our diet. We need to think about what we can't take and what we can take. And then, you know, try to focus on how much our gut is important in healing a lot of those problems. Right. Gut is so important. I just remember back in grad school, I mean, we're drinking from the fire hydrant. I like this nonstop. (laughs) Somehow you had learned this today and tomorrow you already got quiz on it. And sometimes you don't even have enough time to go through all your material one time. You're just hoping that you read through it one time, you remember imprinted into your head. (laughs) Yes, it didn't get, that's medical school as well. (laughs) Yeah. So that causes so much stress and it's all gut, right? I remember having pretty much IBS. It's all from stress. And I even went to a GI specialist, got all the blood work of, got myself ultrasound, all that, nothing, right? I was taking these GI motility medication, but and I slowly weaned myself off it. And at the end of the day, it's we needed to be able to take care of ourselves, eat right, like eat on time. Why start noticing I'm too busy to even eat? And then I start getting that anxiousness. It's like jittery, right? Of course, you put yourself already in a bad spot. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's awesome to use nutrition to really focus on what's the right thing to eat. Yeah. And lifestyle changes. I, I, you know, I didn't really appreciate that until the last couple of years at how much, you know, I was, I hit over 40, so it's a little more difficult to lose weight. And so when I was going through and doing everything, exercising, diet, everything you're supposed to do, I was like, what is the deal? Like, why can I not lose weight? And I, you know, didn't really take any consideration as to stress and sleeping and getting enough water and all the lifestyle changes you're supposed to do. But for me, it was like, oh yeah, sure. You know, I go to bed, I get sleep. Like, sure. I go for walks. Like, but it was never really appreciating the fact that those really do work against you. If you have high cortisol levels because you're stressed out, you're not going to lose weight. It's just not going to work. So I really started to use a lot more of that into my practice and in general, just in my own health to try to, you know, appreciate it a little bit better about how much that plays into good health in general. Yeah, it's amazing. And sometimes what's funny is when people think about sleep, they think it's a luxury instead of necessity. Uh, It becomes like, I'll take my notes home. I'll finish the charting after dinner. And how much energy do you have really left to work on those things? Or the people who also feel like, well, I worked so hard today. I deserve to be on my couch and watch my show. And those shows become non-negotiable. And now one episode after another, then yes. your bedtime becomes just whatever because you're so into that show. For whatever reason, we start not thinking about what's the essential part of our body, the type of food, the sleep, the rest, the way even what I teach about using just two minutes to reboot, your reset and bring your focus back. You don't even need it that long, right? But allow yourself just to give yourself the grace of having two minutes. 
Yes. Yeah. And just sleep hygiene, like sleep routine. Like it's, you know, we're so tempted just to sit in our bed and be on our Netflix iPad until we fall asleep, which is like the worst to do. Like you have to decompress from your brain reading or something else. And so you spend all this time with electronic devices in your face right before you go to bed and stay up late and, you know, do all the things you're not supposed to do. Sleep hygiene is hugely important that you don't appreciate until you start having medical issues. And then you kind of go, maybe I need to take a different approach to the way I think about sleep. You know, it's something we don't talk about in medicine. I mean, we don't, I don't, when I go into an annual exam, don't say, like, how, how are you sleeping? How are, you know, how's it going? And I need to do a better job. And I think in medicine, we don't, we're not taught that. We don't discuss how those play into chronic illness. I think that's important that we need to spend more time thinking about the other factors that contribute to people's health. Right. And from a patient perspective, especially us in a hospital, I feel like a lot of people couldn't sleep. And then you wonder, oh, is that because the procedure or they're just in a hospital, they can't sleep? Or really, a lot of people just don't have a good sleep hygiene and they had mm-hmm. a problem at home already. And just yes. by putting people on melatonin, it's not going to solve the problem if they don't have the good habit to start with. Yeah. Yeah. I, the lady that I'm working with for fibromyalgia, that was a huge component of her. She was always fatigued and falling asleep during the day. And so we'd start talking like, well, what do you do? She's like, well, sometimes I go to bed at midnight and sometimes I go to bed at two. And sometimes I go to bed at nine. I'm like, this is not going to work. <laughs> like you're fatigued because you're all over the place. Like you got to really work on consistency and going to sleep at the same time and waking up the same time and trying to give your body the rest it needs. Like sleep is so that your body can reset. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. If we if don't, don't reset. Do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you got to have the time to do it. So I think uh, I've appreciated that over the last couple of years. I never really knew in medical school. I just never taught you those things. And I think those are components. I hope that the newer generation is starting to appreciate a little bit more. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I felt like sleep was a, maybe a small part of a lecture where we focus on more like sleep apnea, how yes. detrimental it is with your cardiovascular disease and things of sort, but never was. What about the normal sleeping, right? It's such a big issue actually in a lot of population where if you think about people's energy flow, there are four different types. And one of the type are these, what they're called dolphins and the chronotype where they just don't really sleep well anytime then they go to bed and especially the people who I have talked to about taking naps stop taking those hour-long naps <laughs> like that's why you're not sleeping at night or yes. people feel like oh I'll just sleep a little bit and then give me the energy to go on I'm like okay then that yeah. would be less than 20 minutes Set exactly that alarm yeah. Yep, exactly. That's what I say constantly to people. I'm like, stop worrying, you know, stop taking these long naps because then you're totally messed up at night. If you need a nap, it needs to be less than 20 minutes. It needs to be like a power nap, you know, like a quick thing. You just re-energize if you're just so exhausted. But ultimately, if you're falling asleep during the day, there's something else going on. You're not sleeping at night or you're taking too much. Sometimes people drink too much at night, too much alcohol, and then they don't sleep well. Or, you know, they just, they're taking their medication at night when it should be during the day. Like there's a lot of other confounding factors, but I think that's more of an issue than the fact that someone is sleeping, you know, they feel the need to sleep during the day. Yeah, 
Exactly. Awesome. So now we're really thinking about our life from all different areas. Now, hormonal, you have to check your thyroid. There's certain blood tests that you need to do. And that's why a health professional or functional medicine professional is great to mm-hmm. actually get you started. And then thinking about what other behaviors that we're doing are not really truly serving us, whether it's diet, exercise, sleep, big topic. And then you can start shaping yourself into that more of a homeostasis instead of attacking our own body. And I love what Dr. Jen has shared with us today. And so before we wrap up, I always ask all our speakers to give themselves a little bit of self-reflection because (laughs) we can all be experts in our own ways, but it's hard to be experts in all 10 different key areas of our life. And the more we know, the better we can leverage our strength and looking into the areas that potentially could be the hidden roadblocks in our life. We don't want them to somehow pop up into our life unprepared. So we want to have assessment as we go forward. So we shared the result with Dr. Jen right before we started. And anything surprising to you? Anything you would want to change or tap more into your life? Well, I was not surprised by I needed to do a little bit more of work on emotional well-being and also just taking care of myself because with four kids, I'm pretty busy all the time and OBGYN babies are born at all kinds of crazy hours in the night. And so I definitely, I I think it was awesome because it gives me, you always want to grow, right? You always want to figure out how can I grow? How can I be a better human? Especially when you're raising kids, you want to say, Hey, look, and we're, I'm not perfect. I'm a parent. I got, look at this chart. Look at, I got to, <laughs> I got to do some work too on what I need to do. So I think it was, it's good for me to see that I definitely have to prioritize that in the next year, working on uh, relationships with people and just working on some self-care. Awesome. And that's why we're here, right? Like how we work on ourselves, the way that you serve people. And just like I serve people differently with mental immunity and performance, we all Mm -hmm. are geniuses in our own way and we can leverage on everybody else's genius to put ourselves into a better spot. And I know that Dr. Jen also have a assessment for you guys. So would you like to tell audience a little bit about that? Sure. Right now I'm actually doing a clean eating challenge. So I'm, uh, it's going to be seven days next week. Although I, if, I'll put the opt-in at the bottom or send it to you. And then basically people can just get the, the workbook for free. It's a 14 page workbook that actually talks about clean eating, talks about how essentially it has a week worth of meals and talks about how you can incorporate clean eating in your life anyway, so that you can actually try to look at some of the things that you put in your body and, and think of food as medicine. I know I probably can use some of that too. Just because we know what to eat, what we like to eat, doesn't mean it's always good for you. So I will put that into our show note for your link. Everyone go grab it. I know it's going to be value bomb. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who might want to seek you out to get to know you a little bit more, how do they find you? I think the website's probably the best thing. Well, Woman MD. Um, I do have a Facebook page, business page, the same name, Well Women MD. And so that's probably the best way to find out what I have to offer and just learn a little bit more about me. Perfect. Thanks, Dr. Jen, for joining us. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. If you love this episode, please give us a review. Tell us what do you think? What's the major takeaway? And share with other people because you know this is going to be valuable for others as well. Sharing is caring. Thanks again for listening in and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. All right, my friend, how did you love this episode? 
Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life. Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.